In these unprecedented times, you may feel helpless or alone, but in your community, people are coming together to spread kindness. We're Viral Kindness Scotland, a project launched to help vulnerable people struggling with self-isolation. We're calling on volunteers to help vulnerable people in your community. You could pick up their shopping or simply offer a supportive phone call. Whether you're an individual, organisation or local business, whether you need help or know someone who needs help, free phone 0800 052 2282 or see viralkindness.scot. Viral Kindness Scotland. Connecting communities. Audio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and Average Actor. Chris Toll. Target Man. Suspicious Character. And... With a top end of Stevenson, Grenado! Welcome to Football Daft, the Daft Scottish Football Podcast around. I'm Stephen Purden and let's welcome the team. First, a man who continues his love affair with Scott Sinclair by wishing him happy birthday on Twitter this week and continuing to maintain he's statistically a better player than Louder. It's Chris Toll. Hello, troops. What a situation this is, eh? I know. Hope trying trying to say Brian Loudrup's better than Scott Sinclair. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just before we start, I might get punched a few times. The Waynes might run in and out because obviously we're on Skype this because he's... Circumstances trips, right? So just bear with me, right? Who's that? So you, you've got a way in there, Toll. You got a way running about. I've got my boy here. Aye. I've just got my Love Island uh, bottle of juice. <laughs> Any else? Anybody else got <laughs> juice on them? Yeah, aye. I've got a, I've got a wee cup of juice here, mate. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> For the folk listening, Toll has got the biggest tumbler I've ever seen. It's bigger, not only bigger than his seed. It's bigger than his full fucking body. Hey, but I need to tell you this. That's a, just a normal pint glass. It just looks bigger in my hands. Grado. Happening. Let's talk about what you've been up to this week, right? Because mm-hmm. Chris was obviously on Twitter. Saying, I came back as well, mate. Nora. I seen you on Twitter. I... Texting your dad. Miss you. Want you up here right now to cuddle in. <laughs> I, mean, I totally, totally made an arse it. Totally, totally made an arse of that one. I, I don't even know why I was sending that to my bud. I, I miss you, want you up here tight to cuddle in. And then he read it, and then I went, oh no, man. And then I'm trying to delete it. Then he obviously seen it. And then I'm like, what did he say? Is, well, I've, I, I've only actually spoke to him to the, to the day, the day. But he's, he's murder on text. Like anytime I text him, I can never understand a word he says. Like he, he texts me. Like I'm just looking at texts. He texts me a couple weeks ago. Before my wrestling show, everything organised for the order. I'm like, hi, are you coming? Great, maybe you could show me some of the lads before start have to go home for dogs. I'm like, what, does he want to meet the wrestlers or what? What the fuck are you talking about? Show me some of the lads. What? Because that's, that's totally not like my father, because like my father is the shyest guy about. Like he, He's polar op- opposite for me. I take him into Ibrooks once for, ho- once for hospitality. And we were in the blue room, and I introduced him to folk, and I left him for five minutes. And he, he went up to these group of guys, and we were playing Kelly that night, and he, he says to them, ah, I think we'll take four or five after them tonight. Eh? What do you think, four or five after them? 
And he went, mate, we're the Kelly directors and owners. <laughs> <laughs> My father came up to me and went, do not introduce me to anybody else in, in the rest of the night. Do not, just let me sit here. And that, that's how he done. He sat in a chair in the corner and fucking patched everybody. I'm like, there's John Gregg, your hero. Leave me alone, leave me alone. No, you still have it, man. Right, obviously we're doing this now, right? Obviously we're all in isolation, coronavirus. What have you been doing all week, Troops? Well, uh, obviously I'd, I've had my mum's my passed away this week, so I'd like to obviously say to the, all the listeners and stuff like that that got in contact with me, uh, thanks very much for uh, your condolences and stuff like that, really appreciate it. Boys, he's been brilliant. Um, he's been there for me, and I, I really appreciate that as well. So, uh, really, just this week's just been dealing with that sort of stuff and uh, trying to keep my fucking head in in the game. Know what I mean? It's not easy to deal with at all, man. Um, as I say, I've got your back. It's horrible. It's a horrible week for you, but you know when it happened to me, man, I felt as if I just had to keep on going and stuff like the podcast. Then this will help you, mate. You know what I mean? Podcast as well, just to keep your head going, man, because. You're here about your ass, mate. It's a horrible week. No, you know, other than your more passion, it's like it's the worst possible time. You know what I mean? Aye. I can't think worse for you, mate. Um, but mate, fair play, you still coming on doing this and all that, and you know we're all here for you and all the listeners. Not you're saying I've been supportive, so you've got plenty of good folk behind you, my man. I appreciate it, lads. Yeah, thanks very much. What about yourselves? What have you been up to? Getting pumped at FIFA, fucking <laughs> fanny boys, you and Cameron. You didn't have that. You did you? Honestly, right, I've he's never beat me before, right? I pumped him or well, I've pumped him a good few times at it. He's never beat me, <laughs> right? And then we go live in front of people on fucking Twitch, right? And we're That's playing, right. and I'm pumping them three one at half time, and I'm sitting there and I'm vaping and I'm drinking a beer, going, "This is fucking easy." Second half, he comes out and pumps me six one. <laughs> So it finished it finished seven four, but I swear to God, he wasn't the same player the second half. Clearly, I'll but bet, I'll bet was you, was he on video? No. Right, I, bet he's, I bet his son was playing it. He's fucking plastic bad half time. And uh, so, how many folk watched it? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, according to you, <laughs> hundred and fifty thousand. No, three hundred thousand. <laughs> He's fucking arse. Is that what he said? He said 350,000 folk were watching that, mate. No, oh, even 350,000 oh. folk were watching fucking River oh. City that night. I mean. <laughs> Cam, dude, no 350,000. 300,000. Right. <laughs> that's all right, then. <laughs> that's that's June's going. Anything that he does video. It, it went viral. This is going to go viral. This is going to go viral. 300,000. He's up. So... This week, um, I don't know if I even want to talk about it, but obviously with stuff that's going on with coronavirus, there's like contingency plans put in place with emergency services and all that. And uh, I left the fire brigade December 2018 and I got asked this week um, if I'd go back to help out during this pandemic. And I'm fucking getting back Monday. (laughs) Crazy, man. Excellent. Mate, I, I, you know. I, I mean, like, obviously I want to help and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, we're, we're all sitting in the house. There's, there's like, I've watched all 93 episodes of Curb twice. I've watched my Tiger Man. You know what I mean? I'm fairly <laughs> already, man. So, so when do you start Monday? I, well, I don't know if 
Like they'll they'll definitely know like me talking about this on a podcast. But you know what? I don't really care because I'm coming to help them out. But I think it's gonna take a couple of days to obviously get used to the system and all that because it is a serious job. Um, and it is quite a, it's quite a nerve wracking job. And obviously the systems have might have changed and stuff like that. But man, I, I did get a buzz day in that job. It was always you could never know what, which call was coming next. You never knew. Every day was totally different, and the folk I, I, I worked with, I absolutely loved. So there's folk that I've not seen for a good couple of years that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing, but I'm nerv- I'm really, really nervous, boys, really, really nervous Aye, about mate, it. Mate, you're, you're doing yourself a injustice here. You were absolutely brilliant at that job. Oh, mate, I loved it. I mean, it broke my heart that I had to get up, but... Um, but, mate, see, like, even for the listeners not that, see, when... Say, for example, me and Gredo are walking up to the theatre, got the pavilion, fire ser- fire engines are going by. He'll tell you absolutely everything. Or that code chat, man, mm-hmm. I don't know where it's all about. Thanks for the one-off two going by there. There we go, there's an... Uh, but I really just want to go out there and, and just and do something. And my foot yeah, sounded like, oh, check me out, a hero. But I do want to help folk out. Everybody wants to do their bit during this, don't they? Exactly. It's very... Everybody it's does, noble, man. It's noble you because you could sit in the house. But you're actually, you're going to go out there and do that. That fair play to you, man. Uh, uh, not everybody would do it. Ah, oh, guys, stop. He's yeah. making me blush, man. Graham. He's Graham. Blush. I'm proud of you, Graham. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. yeah, Sir Graham Steveley. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, anyway, right. boy, starting with football. Touching on football a wee bit, right? I took a shot at the missus motor the other day, right? <laughs> Driving down. Termos dropping stuff off, supplies for a man or that. Sun was in my eyes, pulled the visor down. A fucking photo of Edward, number 22. Fucking French Eddie. What? I know. Graham, are you disappointed in Nicola here? Did she do that to bam you up or did she shint him? I think she must be in him. She's fucking sitting right here. Ask her the new. Nicola, are you into French Eddie? Why are you going all red? Tell, tell him your story. Look what you did. You was upset. Now look what you got and done. Bob's upset. She didn't know who it was. <laughs> right, mate, do you want to know the truth? That's a fucking trolling and a half, mate. Do you want to know the truth? Aye. We took, I won't name the garage. We took the motor to a garage because she had to get her washers fixed. Mm-hmm. The boys have took the motor in. Aye, they, I they, was there. Yeah. A few guys on Twitter replied about a certain garage and all that shit. Somebody that works at a garage. I've been bammed up by your lot, Toll. <laughs> yeah, it's How many times have you put Sky Sports News on? There's just nothing happening. Do you know what I think they should do? Right, lads, listen to me. I think they should open the transfer window. Oh. <laughs> Every company would fail a fitness test. <laughs> <laughs> You need your yeah. fitness test in the house. You've got to run up and do the stair five times. That's you. Yeah. Can you imagine us trying to sell Morelos now, man? He was getting a bit of timber before the fucking coronavirus. We'd get about half a mile from him now. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Do you know what's always... know what's always... Can I, like... <laughs> wanted to know what happens when, when, when teams sign an R player, right? I remember I tweeted this ages ago, but it still racks my brains if shit like this does happen. Especially like in the junior leagues and all that. See if like, like players like, are get bought for another team. Do you think like the guy, the the chairman of the one club phones the chairman of the other club and gets his scared out instead of going like four, four, six, two, nine, seven. <laughs> 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 
Do you think that's how they do it? By the way, I don't know. It's a, it's a fair point. Uh, how will you be paying for uh, Raul? Uh, faster payment. Aye. You take Apple Pay. <laughs> Anything over 50 grand you need to do it in the branch. <laughs> well, during these coronavirus days, you need to probably use contactless. Aye. <laughs> Aye, so Troops, last week you were talking about sports documentaries. Tell me what to watch, man. I'm going to start watching some. Have you seen any? I can have wrote down... A, a few of my favourite ones. Obviously, there's folk out there that love the Senna documentary. That that was that's, incredible. That's phenomenal. That's great. Um, but see, the football ones, man, for me, have been the Sunderland best. Sunderland till I die, too. It's supposed to be out on the 1st of April. I tweeted Netflix UK if they would possibly release it earlier for us since we've all got this fucking Did pandemic. Why Nah, I've been patched. But uh, the, the trailer, it does look amazing, mate. The first, uh, the first series, man, for Martin Bain... We every oh, different watch and every fucking scene, man. He just what a what a character he was. I loved like Aidan McGeady burying Chris Coleman. Chris Coleman. Aye, and like the fan that was outside, and he he, can, he almost squares up to poor Chris Coleman. He's like, "How do you feel?" And Coleman's like, "I, I feel responsible." And he goes, "Aye, aye, you fucking prick." Aye, <laughs> Chris Coleman. Goes, I was what? really surprised because I wanted Coleman. Remember, he was linked with Angels. I thought, because of the job he done at Wales, I thought he was like a decent manager. But then when you watch that Sunderland documentary, he was he didn't have a clue. Aye, so we asked them, um, were uh, viewers out there or listeners, whatever you want to call people that listen to podcasts, um, to, to, to submit their favourite sports documentaries and films. So we got a few replies. Mark Joss recommended Senna. He says it's one of the best sports documentaries ever made of the recent sporting documentaries that have came to light because of this. And if you like it, Netflix have got the same folk to do a series on the last two Formula One seasons. And boys, that see that Formula One series on Netflix? I don't know anything about Formula One, but I watched, I started at Series 2, and my God, I was heavy blown away by it. Mega cutthroat. Can't believe like, how... Drastic they are with like just dropping the drivers and the competition between the teams like to get a seat in the motor man. But for folk out there that that, that, that love sports documentaries like me that, that, that don't like Formula One, they should give this a bash man because it is amazing. Tola, have I spoke to you about it? Aye, we spoke about it before. A couple of boys in my work have spoke about it and all. It's so definitely want to get a watch. Right, okay. Uh, I want to talk about the damn United. I'm skipping a couple here. Right. Uh, uh, it was Blue Star 1872 that sent this in. Uh, the Damned United was a book and they made it into a movie. Right, It's about the story of Brian Clough uh, when oh, he's trying to leave. And Martin Sheen plays uh, Brian Clough and my God, what a performance, man. Phenomenal. Uh, Stephen Graham plays Billy Bremner. Yeah. Oh, he's got um, enough, isn't he? There's just, it's such a good film, man. Right. And if, we're, if we're going to talk about f- sport films... Then Kenny, he's wrote into his and I agree with him. There's only one answer to that. It's a shot at glory. Shot at glory. Rallies, mate. I was in that. That was my first TV. Uh, that was my first film. You were in Shot at Glory. Aye. I was in White Men Can't Jump. Well, when I when I when I say I was in it, I was in the, I was in the crowd watching the man for the game. Well, Diddy Agat played for Rangers. Diddy Agat. I love the way you were. I was in 
I was in shot at glory. I my first film. <laughs> see if you see if you even just go back and watch the trailer. It's hilarious, man. Where where like Ali's acting because he's like trying to like kind of lure this bud into his life and he pulls up next to her and he's like, "Do you like my new car? Do you like the new car? <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, man." By the way, there's a the fucking there was Oscar winners in that movie and Ali McCoy's come out smelling of roses. The rest ah. of them were. The Val's accent was horrific. <laughs> Michael Keaton? What's Michael Keaton doing in that movie, you know what I mean? What was, he was like the fucking he sports the, director at Red Bull or some shit, wasn't he? He was the chairman or something. Rocky uh, oh, FC, that was the team, wasn't it? That's right. Cameron Benson says a four-year plan based on QPR. That was tremendous. That was on BBC. Oh. If you've not seen, seen that, catch that. That's a cracker. Robert, Robert Clark, Clark. Bobby Robson more than a manager. That is class. I've seen that. That's Emotional good. man. <laughs> Luke. Luke's young. The mighty ducks. <laughs> I've never seen What's, that. Lads, is karate considered a sport? Aye. Aye. Have you seen the karate kid? <laughs> it's, a documentary. it's a documentary about a wee guy that moves to a different town in America. It's a, what a hardship really? was through. It's amazing. <laughs> I need to catch that one, man. <laughs> so there's your kind of top picks of sports documentaries. We've all got plenty of times when we're on, so um, I butter in and uh, enjoy these these uh, docu series or slash films that we've recommended today. And thanks to the punters for rating in. Right, so this week on the show, it's current Airdrie manager and Hibs hero, Ian Murray. And on the Legends Lottery, we're all looking for a player this week. Chris was after... Tommy Coyne, Grado was after Crawford Bapti, and I was after Stefan Mahi. Find out how we got on later on, plus your chance to win free beer, and looking at your current team's best indoor football team as we have a theory on how we should end the season. And remember, if you have any random football banter for us, please get on the Twitter at Football Daft Pod, Football Daft Podcast on Instagram, and just search for Football Daft on Facebook. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Right, Troops, we all know that we really shouldn't be out on those roads in the motor unless we're going for our messages once a day. Apart from that, get back up the house and isolate. But that doesn't mean to say that you couldn't be involved in a road traffic accident. But if you are involved in one and you're not at fault, then G4 Claims can make it easy for you. They provide you with complete accident management support that you require. They take away all your worries, your woes, everything that might stress you. They're going to take it away. They're going to recover the costs from the at-fault party. Sort out a like-for-like vehicle replacement. And they'll also organise your vehicle to, re- to be repaired at one of their approved body shops. And they will also organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops and return to you. Should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, well, they recover the pre-accident value for your car and write you a big fat cheque. And best of all, it's not going to cost you a penny as they charge the at-fault insurance direct. So G4 claims... They don't cold call you. They don't buy data once I've processed your claim. Your insurance will remain unscathed. And the best thing is Nicole and the team down there, they're not going to take your case on if they don't think that they can help you. So if you've been in an RTA or you know somebody that has, get on to G4 Claims on 01698 767 172. That's 01698, my favourite aircraft, 767 172. And get them at our website, 
they use the internet as well. They use not at faultclaim.com or find them on social media at G4 Claims because G4 Claims, not at fault claims, <laughs> made easy. Football Dafts, big question. So, it looks like trying to finish this season is going to be a nightmare, doesn't it? Yeah, right, so uh, we've got a wee suggestion. Why not finish it all over one day at the SECC or the Hydro and bring back the tenant sixes? No, a bad idea. Of that. So on Twitter, we asked who would make up your indoor, uh, your indoor team based on your current squad. Now, remember, it might not necessarily be the best players for your team, as you've got to think about the indoor football side of things, right? So, what do you reckon, lads? Well, to, I've, I need to come clean. I've made an asset, first of all, I thought it was five aside, and I didn't know it was for your own team because I've put doing Bartes, I've put doing Bartes, Maldini, Cristiano Ronaldo, Duncan Ferguson, and Zidane. Oh, for fuck's sake. So if I need one more player, I'm probably going to go for Scott Sinclair. <laughs> 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 nah, Brian Ludrup. <laughs> hey, so listen, uh, that's no fair because that team's winning the 10 and 6 out of the park. Well, I thought there's a wee... You've got Bartes in goal, Maldini, great defender, you've got Duncan Ferguson. You know what five-a-sides, it's, it's always common for it to kick off. And I, So if somebody like Duncan Ferguson on your team that's going to smash somebody, then... So who would, pick, who would you pick out the Rangers team now, but... See, that's hard for me to date now, because you've got to get me to hink. I'm going to go for McGregor. Uh, I'm probably going to have to say Goldson. Ned for aye, gold. No, 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 no. Fuck that. McGregor. Mag, in fact, fuck that. McGregor. Is it? McGregor Tavernier. I need somebody that's fast. Do you know what? I'm gonna go. McGregor Tavernier, Defoe, Hadji, Steve Davis, and uh, I need one more player, didn't I? Got to get off. Alfredo. Aye, do you know what? Take out, take out, um, take out the four for Arfield. That's fucking all the place. Sorry, trips. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go McGregor, Tav, Barisic, what? Davis, Arfield, and Morelos. Remember, uh, it's five. Edo, remember, it's five. Uh, sixes, mate. I know, but it's just there's no. It's just. I don't know, I just thought you'd maybe only have one defender, no? Right. I'm, I'm going to go two full-backs as my two defenders. Like, they'll be able to, they're mobile enough, fucking up and down, up and down. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I never thought of that. See, I think the Tenet Sixes are on YouTube, or the old ones, aren't they? I fucking loved I watching know. them, man. So did that, mate. That was my very first fucking experience of Celtic winning a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> What did it be? Was it just like, was it during pre-season or something? Because it, it, it was in the winter. It was in mid. Right. It was in the winter. Let's have a look at what the Twitterati have been saying. Oh, wait a minute. I've got to give you my team. Sweet, hey, hey. His team. Nakamura. 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 Scott Sinclair. <laughs> right. So we've got, we've got Fraser Foster in goals, right? And he'll just lie across the goalway. So there's no way he's getting a goal in his. Right. Uh, Big, the defender I'm going to have is Ayer because he's good going forward as well. Good defender, good going forward. Midfield, I'm going to have El Yanushi. I'm going to have uh, Ryan Christie. And I'm going to have uh, Callum McGregor. 
Right, so that's my five, and up front I'm going to have Edward. That's a good team tool. Right, let's go for it. What's the Twitter team? What's the Twitter folks saying? Well, the Twitter, I mean, we've had quite a response. Stuart Smith, he's a Rangers fan. He's gone for McGregor, Barisic, Hellander, Kamara, Hadji and Defoe. Tom Gracie, he's a very similar lineup to yourselves. Uh, to Foster, Julian, Ayer, McGregor, Christie and Edward. But I would like to hear what other fans or other SPFL teams have been saying to it. Jim Hiddleston from Motherwell. I don't know if he lives in Motherwell, but he certainly supports him. He's going for Gillespie and Goals, Gallica, Tate, Campbell, O'Hara and Long. Hmm. Stephen Greer, Kilmarnock fans going McDonald, Finlay, Dicker, Power, Burke and Brophy. Do you know what? That's a good team. Ah, it's a decent team. And there's a couple of scrappers in there, I know, man. That power, he'll just Whitey bastards as well. Bart and Brophy, I think, would be a horn for that kind of environment, man. Brophy's a horn for that way, I would read out Michael McMillan's, but I'm going to need to do some sort of foreign language posts for these players, man. Well, get a bastard. Vaclav Hadakli. That's good. Akin for Mewo. Then we've got Connor McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, Connor McCarthy, Sam Foley, Ilke Dunmas and John Obika. That's a good side. Kasky boy for Falkirk, do you agree with this, John, producer? He's gone for much in goals. Dunman, Gomez, Gary Miller, Lee Miller and McManus. He's ah, probably... Wouldn't, he have, wouldn't he have Lee Miller in there? Wouldn't he have Lee Miller in there? <laughs> Kidding me on? Ah, he's not a six-a-side player, though. Come on, you want Louis Longridge in there instead? I, I, yeah, I would agree, mate. Long ridge right for the start. <laughs> what, about, what about a Scotland team? Scotland team? Current? Aye. I would still go with McGregor and goals. I would go uh, with... But Finlay for, for Kelly, I, I like him. And Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney. Robertson, what a shout. McGregor and goals, the two full-backs at the back, Callum McGregor in the middle, with Christie and then Griffiths. Oh, fuck's sake. That's a, that's a Celtic, Celtic-esque side there, Stevie. Do you know who I would have in my Scotland team? Ketri uh, Anya. I bet you he's a brilliant six-a-sides player. Do you know who would be good? We Fleck. Is he getting a game with the Scotland team? He's, he was in the last squad, wasn't he? But I don't think he played. Or, or he, was, he was getting brought in, I think. Uh, but uh, you never know, man. It's... Everything's up in the air. Like, it's a good it's time for a manager to be able to assess everything. Toll. Yes. James Andrews, somebody, James Andrews puts team in. You forgot about somebody, I think, in your Celtic sixties, I think it would be good. Frimpong. Frimpong. Oh, he's a good old sixties. Aye, I know, he's but he's a bit too lightweight for six or sides. I think he'd get put into the, the billboards and that would be it. Game over. Squash. Oh, Rimmers is out for seven weeks. Right. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> days. I think the wee man would, would, would the wee man would be great as a phenomenon. I hate the way I'm talking like that. But do you know what I mean? We good skating up and doing the, the leisure centre. I think he'd be great playing in any position. Ah, that's a good point. He's got the he's got the enthusiasm of a, a child. The enthusiasm of a young child. Aye. Right, so James Andrews team was Foster, Frimpong, Julian, Christie, McGregor, Edward. Good team. And guys, thank you very much for phoning in for 10 at 60s. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. 
The Legends Lottery on Football Daft. Well, on Football Daft, we've made it our mission to find out where the cult heroes are and where they are now on our Legends Lottery. So far, we've spoken to Hibs legend Joe Tortolano, then Ferland icon Ivo Den Beeman. However, there have been some failures, such as myself, Gredo. I failed to get a hold of Junior Mendes, although he has been pestering me via text this week and he was on another podcast across the road. There's a fire brigade phone to me, I'll need to pause that a second. This week we picked, we picked this week we all picked out one to get on the show. Chris had to get Motherwell and Celtic striker Tommy Coyne, I had to get Falkirk legend Crawford Barty and Bob had the task of getting Celtic and Hearts left back Stefan Mahi. So how did we all get on well? I actually forgot all about it and the turmoil with this fracas week um, dealing with stuff in my personal life I only realised that I had to get a hod uh, who was it? Amy Strange oh, um, and I just I looked up Strange, I, went, I went into Facebook and I found Crawford Bapti and I've just DM'd him saying is this the real Crawford Bapti and I've sent him a request a friend request currently he's not accepted it um, so the, the jury's whether if this is the real Crawford Bapti um, his display picture is a picture from a Panini sticker book, so it could be because there might not be that many people wear Crawford Bapti. Fit my sticker still there. I would imagine if you're Crawford Bapti, you might want to put one a display picture as your Panini fit picture. <laughs> probably would want to do that, wouldn't you? If you think if you're fit or something like that, uh, probably if, use. If he's, by the way, see if he's enough of a mark for his sale where he's got his Panini sticker album as he's. Profile forty. He's a hundred percent coming on this show, isn't he? That's brilliant. Man. That is his <laughs> class. So, I'm going to pass the buck along to my good friend Christopher Toole, who had um, the mission to get a hod, a Tommy coin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, now, lads. I've obviously I've had a fucking week yet. I've had a week yet. All right. So, I've I've not been able to get a hod of Tommy coin. However, I have got. Two, two potential uh, lifelines, so I think I could maybe get Tommy on uh, in a future show, but I'm not even going to apologise, lads. I've not got him this week. Sorry, man. Man, I'm not going to apologise when I said sorry. That's a good laugh, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's very understandable why you didn't get him this week, Toll. You've had a lot going on, my boy. A lot going on. Aye. Listen, Toll, um, mate, you've had come on. It's really the biggest pieces of shit here. Hey, listen. I fucking, I picked the name out, it's, it was down to me, I'm a, I'm a man of my word, I'll get Tommy at some point, alright, I promise. No, do you know what, do you know what, Toll, see if I even coming on the podcast this week, even though you've not got Tommy coin, you should still get a point even for coming on the podcast this week. No, no, because then if Gredo gets relegated, he's got a legal, uh, he's got a legal recourse <laughs> against me, so, we'll need to do two next week. I thought, well, ah, John, I'm, you must think we're all big fucking buzzer shite, do you know? I mean, as the producer of the show, you must want us sacked. No, well, listen, we'll find out. How did Stephen get on? Right. I'm going to be honest. I feel, I mean, I know, John, you kind of always think I'm, I'm on it, like I'm, I'm a professional man of my word and I'm, but I fucked it this week. Did you, did you forget me? I, I kind of just... That's been a lot going on. Mate, shit's been happening, man. There's a viral pandemic out there. You know what I mean? And plus, Stefan Mahi is the on Twitter, so that was me kind of fucked. 
Is that you, you gave know. up that easily? You gave up that easily. Well, I gave up when I but I, I wouldn't say gave up. It wasn't on Twitter. Then did you phone any of the French chippies? They're all shut. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, the chippies are open, mate. Oh, I know the French ones, they're always the first ones to surrender. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, right? I'm still going to leave Grado with Crawford back to Chris, going to leave you with Tommy Coyne, and I'm going to leave you with Stephen Mahe, Stephen. First right. one in, first one in, gets the point, right? So we'll see right. how he's going oh, next week. Right. Next right, week. and you can see it is. And I'll be able to see who's got the first one in, okay? Right. So if right. the first you know it's going to be Crawford back to He's got him on fucking Facebook. <laughs> don't accept my friend's quest, and they might not, you know what I mean? You might not accept me. Right, so this time next week, Sorry. this time next Next week, whoever oh, no. will get the point in this round. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Hey, so we've still got another week to get Stefan Mahe, right? Aye. By the time next week comes, me and Crawford Bapte will be muckered up. Yeah, I mean, we can't go, go to his house and it's against the law, but... You can FaceTime each other on all that. That's your task for next week. See how you get on getting those players on. And I'll tell you what, just because of the current pandemic, I'll accept a voice note as well. Oh, uh, yes, I can do impressions. I'll <laughs> see next. Ah, uh, yeah, Chris was uh, saying he was wanting me to come on football daft, I thought to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about it. I heard Barry said that it was quite tough, you know, um, but anyway, we'll do what we can and we'll see if we can come to some sort of arrangement. This is Crawford, no, This is Crawford, <laughs> I'm from a Scottish footballer. Uh, I did start off at Mills and Juniors before moving to the... Nah, see, that's Crawford back to when they talk like that, buddy. Well, that's the thing, Tommy Coins. Tommy Coins is, is Scottish as they come, but he played for Ireland. I would have just come in like, Ah, oh, hello there, it's Tommy Coyne. How you doing there? <laughs> Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698... 767 172. It's now time for a Beer 52 teaser. For your chance to win a case of beer, all you have to do is answer the question we put to you. Last week, we asked you to name a player that has played in the old Forum, Merseyside, and Manchester derbies. There were actually four answers Andre Kinchelskis, Craig Bellamy, Michael Ball, and Colo Toure. Congrats to John Fitzpatrick, who has pulled out of the hat. So it's time for this week's teaser. Since the inception of the Champions League, Champions League, 16 players who have won it have played in Scotland. Can oh, you name oh, any of them? Paul Lambert's one. Yeah. You can enter by commenting on the link on the Football Stay Daft Facebook page. Right. Frank Sozzi. Right. So there's a few there that we know. There's a few. Aye, right. You can enter by commenting on the link on the Football Daft Facebook page or tweet your score to at Football Daft Pod. Winners must be over 18 and stay in the UK. And you can get free beer from Beer52 as well. It's a monthly subscription service for beer which they source from some of the greatest small batch breweries around the world. They theme cases every month with previous themes including Germany, South Africa, Korea, New Zealand and more. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash daft and we can sort out free beers if you cover just £4.95 for the postage. You normally get eight, but as you're a free football daft listener, we will give you two. I'll read that bit again. 
You normally get eight, but as you're a football daft listener, we will give you two extra free beers. So that's a total of ten free beers. So just go to beer52.com slash daft. That's the word beer and the numbers five and two dot com to get your first case of ten beers for free. Now it's time to welcome to Football Daft a man who played 11 seasons for Hibs and along the way picked up six caps for Scotland and had other clubs including Rangers and Norwich and he's now manager at Airdrie. Please welcome to the show, Ian Murray. Hi there. How are you doing? How are you, you doing, well, mate? How are you guys? Stuck in the house, bad, mate. Where were you? Not bad. Surviving <laughs> <laughs> isolation. I just, it's getting bored, boring now. Day four or something, is it? Day five? Aye. Uh, it's, it's day three for me personally, man. But it's, I tell you, I'm, I'm I'm climbing the walls. Usually, that's just to get something for the top shelf. But now it's <laughs> uh, it's a nightmare, honestly. <laughs> I feel your pain, brother. <laughs> so, Ian, what, what 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 happened? Like in terms of like, how does does Eldrick phone you and say like, right, that's it, everything's on hold. You need to go home. Like, how did it how did it come about? Yeah, I think um, it was quite bizarre when we were training on Friday after, well, Friday, late Friday morning for the game on Saturday, and we got the call that the game was off. And at that point, you know, all we were told the game's off. There's no other guidelines for us at the moment. So we trained on the Saturday morning. We also trained on the Monday because, again, at that point, there was still no real guidelines of what we were all doing. So we were as normal, um, and then the guidelines eventually came out, which effectively closed us down um, until further notice, which is what we've done. So this is our second week um, of being closed. It's a horrible situation, but it's just, I mean, there's nothing else you can do really, is there? You just need to stay and just sit and wait and just bide your time. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. That That's it, you know, in jobs, most people that are working from home at the moment have stuff to do. To be honest with you, we, we don't have much to do because, you know, everything is on hold in terms of we've got eight games to go, potentially. We don't know if we're playing them. We don't know if the season's over. We don't know if there's going to be reconstruction. We, we just don't know. So for us to go and plan, it's impossible for us to go and even look at players, you know, players that we're perhaps interested in for next year. We can't watch them now because there's no game. Right. So the whole thing just kind of literally has closed down. I've never known it to be like this. There's... Certainly, very little communication between, um, you know, managers and, and players, players and agents, agents and owners, because there's, there's nothing to talk about because we don't know what's yeah. happening. Right. So, Ian, Ian, if this if this does go longer than the summer, where does that stand you with regards to players' contracts? Would they still be able to play for the club? Or would you maybe sign them a like a short term couple of month extension? Um, have, have you thought about anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the ramifications of, of the outcome of this virus are huge. You know, it's very easy to look at layman's terms. Let's play the season in August. Let's play the season in September, whenever that is. But players' contracts normally run out in June, around about yep. June 12, something like that. Right. I think, I think if I'm, I might be wrong, but I think you could only sign a player after that for a month for a month minimum so if we were to renew, renew contracts for say for the sake of a week it's going to cost the club a month that makes sense yeah um you know i don't know where it stands with pre-contracts with players have already signed it's saying that their contract starts on a certain day at another club so you know the way football works you, you could find yourself you know crossing a season with another club it's just so complicated at the moment that 
I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know how they're going to get round it because after you know thirty games in our league, I think thirty in the Premier League as well, nothing's been decided. So you know they, they can't hand out trophies without um, finishing the season. Um, so you know it's a terrible situation. Aye, it's worrying times for everybody, Ian. Um, so, but let's talk about happier times, man. I'm just looking at your Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> happier times. You started your youth career at Hutchison Vale. How many players have came through that team? Oh my it's God! Lost, what, a, man. what a club that is! What a club that is! There, there has been. There's been. Oh God, I don't know how many, but there's there's been tons. Of, you know, Hutchison Vale's been around forever. So that, you know, for, for years and produced loads of good players. And I was actually at a function maybe three weeks ago. It was a, I think it was a sixtieth anniversary, and it listed all the players that they'd brought through. So, um, you know, they've certainly in Edinburgh they've outweighed all the other other boys clubs. But I, I get the feeling that you know it's um, it's getting harder for Hutchie Vale because there's so many teams now. You know, the teams are yeah. popping up all over the place. Who did yeah. you play with, Eddie? Oh, I played with um, God. I played with loads of guys. Yeah, I played with Mikey Stewart, uh, Colin Nish, Mark Birchall, uh, Gary Caldwell. Really? Oh, the ones. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, Stephen Caldwell. Um, I think who else? We had some a lot of good players. Some of them never quite made it to the level that we thought they were going to make it. But overall, we had some good players. Some really good players. Well, quite a quite a lot of that was in your classy the the Hibs team that won the League Cup. Wasn't it like uh, yeah, Gary Caldwell? Yeah, actually, actually, we all produced a lot of Kevin Thompson. I think Scott Brown, possibly um, Derek Varden. All these guys all played for Hutchinson. Um, and Cummings so, did as well. Did he know? Can come down. Cummings as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. So they've always produced. You know, <clears throat> certainly for Hibs and Hearts, it's a, it's a go-to club in Edinburgh. Going, you know, source of better young ones. Ian, there's a rumour that you wore a hip stop underneath your school uniform and you're getting your school pictures done, is that true? <laughs> God sake, that was years ago. Um, <laughs> I, it is true, actually, believe it or not. I was only about, God, it's at primary school, so um must have been about eight or nine. Um, but my mum wasn't happy when she got the photos back. Did you go to the Hibs games yeah, yourself yeah. as a wee boy? Yeah, was, my, my dad was a was a Hibs fan, my brother was a Hibs fan. Um, what actually happened was my brother was a ball boy at Hibs, <coughs> and uh, I was a ball boy at Meadowbank Thistle, believe it or not, um, back in the day, because there was no space at Easter Road. So when my brother left, he left his job to go and play, in a, play football on a Saturday. So I took over at Easter Road. Um, so I was a ball boy until I was about 12, 13, and then had a season ticket until I signed, basically. Actually, that's a kid's dream, isn't it, man? Playing for the team that you support. And then, it must have been amazing, isn't it? It, it was. I mean, when I sat, especially when you're young, you know, I was only 17, left school. So I'd gone from watching these players every week, basically, to, you know, having lunch with them, um, training with them. And to me, that's, you know, guys like John Hughes, Tony Ruggier, um, were guys I'd watched week in week out. So to me, they were heroes and idolised at the time. Um, you know, especially for that initial first year I was in there as a kid. Right, Ian. Quick question, mate. Right, who was, who was faster? I don't know if you were there at the same time, but who was faster, Ivan Sproul or Didier Agat? Oh, close, close. I think, I think Didier Agat was quicker. Didier Agat. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Over ten yards throw was lightning. 
I would say when I got get any stride, man, he would less waste uh, wouldn't he? I think Didier Agat could have chased down a cheater, to be fucking so, honest. Honestly, <laughs> I remember one game at Easter Road, and I obviously played with Gat. Um, I was playing left back, he was playing right wing. It was just an absolute mauling, and I mean a mauling. I remember when he made his debut for Celtic, right? And he made his debut against St Mirren and we'd signed him for 50 Gs, right? So nobody was really uh, expecting fireworks. And he gave the St Mirren left back about 30 yards of a start and he went by him as if he was standing still, right? And there was an audible gasp for the crowd. It wasn't a tear. <laughs> it was, whoa! We knew we had a, we knew we had a runner on our hands. Ian... You scored in your second goal for Hibs. Your second appearance for Hibs. You should mention second, that, man. That's that's amazing. Uh, second appearance. I played up at Tannadice the week before. Uh, I'll tell you the, sto- the story. It's a quick, sh- short one, but just a bit of luck you need. <coughs> Hibs are going on um, mid-break tour to Trinidad and Tobacco that season. And I wasn't going. Right. I had particularly good form in the reserves, blah, blah, blah. Anyway... A couple of senior players pulled out a couple of days before, so I got to go. <clears throat> and eventually, when I went there, I actually done okay, done quite well. Came back, made my debut in the first um, game after the split up at Tannadice. Um, done okay, you know, it was fine, 0-0, but quite happy to get through it. And then, uh, next game, he came a sub, came on against Dunfermline and scored within about a minute, which was good, because I wasn't a goal scorer, but to get that off your back, early doors is always always vital. It's a tap-in for a few yards, but that's all right. You know, the the feeling of of scoring a goal in a game like that compared to anywhere else, you know, training or reserve games is when you get that chance, the place goes silent for about half a second, just half a second, and you're not quite sure if it's gone in because you need to wait for the roar Mm -hmm. to realise that you scored. Because you're is that in? Is that that in? And and then you realise you scored. So it's a a, a surreal surreal feeling, bizarre. What a buzz. You played with, you must have played with Frank Sozzi and Pat Alain and that, didn't you? Played with, I was very fortunate when I went to his team. I had a good manager first and foremost and I had some really good players. We had some unbelievable players. Um, we had big Ulrich Larson who went to Celtic. We had um, obviously Sozzi, Latapi, um, Pat Alain and Mark Liebrod, David Zutelli. Oh, David Zutelli. Yeah, we, honestly, we had a Paco Luna. We had a great team. We really did. The, the only... Not problem at the time, but the only thing for us was Rangers and Celtic were so so strong at that time as well that they were almost unbeatable. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we played Celtic in a cup final in uh, 2000, I think it was, and we, we had a really good side. Celtic just beat 3 0, and we had played well that day. Um, but mm-hmm. Celtic had Sutton, Larson, Maravchek, McNamara, you know, Petrov, and everybody. Was, you know, it was just. I was a game that so Stubbs made his comeback in after, he's, after yeah. he had the cancer. And that's Stubbs, right, Stubbs right. came back for that game. That was the, the treble. That was Martin O'Neill's first season. That's right. Ah. Stubbs, Mialbi, you know, it was just a, it was just a machine you're playing against. Right, that was because I think Hibs no for that season. It was that season 0405 where he's just, he's were really, really tremendous that season. Yeah, we, we finished third. With, um, oh, that sorry, 0405 was Tony Mowbray. We finished third. Um, right. With a really young, with a really, really young team. That was more Thompson Brown. Myself, Colin. Oh, right, I'm jumping uh, ahead. That was a great Hibs That's the team oh, I'm hacking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 the thing back then for us is we had no fear, you know, with Derek Ryan up front, Gary O'Connor, and you speak to Derek and Gary before the game, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, they both tell you they're scoring a hat trick. So you're sitting going, well, you're 6 0 up, brilliant. 
you know, that's how, <laughs> that's how confident these boys were. They didn't give it, honestly, they couldn't have cared less. Just what we played. What was Gary O'Connor like, man? He, I mean, I've met him a few times, man. He's he's a character, <laughs> not obviously, you know? Oh, You know what, Gaz has got a heart of gold, big Gary. He, Aye. He's, he's just got himself in some silly situations, but he, would, <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't hurt a fly. He would Honestly, he would not hurt a fly, and I'll tell you what, he was a hell of a player. He could have been Definitely. better if he'd stuck at it, but he was powerful, he was quick, uh, he was he was strong, and he scored goals. He was a good, good player. Who's the best player you've played with, Habzine? Um, Did he a guy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a guy. Um, it's, it was between between Sozi and Latapi. Oh, Latapi. You know, what a great they player. Both, uh, they were both brilliant in different ways. Sozi was hard as nails. People would realise, hard as nails. Um, passing of the ball was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's I remember technically phenomenal, wasn't he, Sozi? He was, I, I remember Tyne Castle when it was a New Year's Day derby game. It was night game. I was a sub. It was, about, it was behind the goals warming up, and Sozi had the ball in the six-yard box. I kid you not. And the Hearts guy came running towards him. He just put it through his legs and got the other side. And I'm standing going to myself, what are you doing? But he, was that, <laughs> he was that good and that confident. He just, you know, it was like water from his back. And Latapi done all his work, obviously, at the top end of the park. But he, his, his, he was incredible. Football. I think if you had to ask the two of them, but Frank Sozzi would probably say, Mon will count European Cups. <laughs> exactly, I, exactly. I think Frank wins just in that one. <laughs> By the way, Ian, I don't know if MD's tell you before, but you look a bit like Jon Snow after Game of Thrones. I've never seen that. Neither have I, mate. Neither have I. But somebody has said that to me before. Yeah, there you go. Eh? Great minds. Who was it? Was it uh, Stephen Can't Hawking mean. that said it to you? I know. Like, I like to think of myself on, on, a, on a par mentally with that guy. <laughs> 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 and physically. I was just going to say in 2005, you made a very, very big move across the M8 to Glasgow, yeah. to Rangers. How did, did you that feel? played against Selic for, for Hibs that he's talking about. <laughs> How did it feel signing for Rangers? How did it come about? How'd, explain to us the process of that one, Ian. Well, obviously, McLeish, I'd had Alec McLeish at um, Hibs. He was the manager. He went to Rangers maybe a year and a half um, before, and they'd, they'd wanted to sign me. I'd been out, actually been out injured about a year. Uh, about oh, you missed months. the full season, did you know? Uh, roughly, so next again season I came back um, and that's how it really came about. We came to, uh, you know, just said, look, we're interested, blah, blah, blah. We, my contract at Hibs was running out in the summer um, and they, they, they wanted me to go in January to Rangers, but I kind of said, look, I think I've got a chance here to win in the Scottish Cup because at that time I did. We're in the semi-finals, um, so I wanted to stay. Anyway, long story short, we, we didn't, you know, we got beat in the semi-finals and then Rangers came back in the summer and offered, you know, offered me a contract. And at the time it was really hard because I was really happy at Hibs um, with a good side. But I just felt, you know, from a personal point of view, it was the right thing to do. Um, and when I got to Rangers, um, and when you see inside the club and uh, you signed for them and stuff like that, I mean, I was obviously I was, I was proud to play for Hibs, but I was, I was you know, exceptionally proud to, to sign for Rangers. It's, it's a huge club. So you played in the team where the, the McLeish's last season, where we came. I think did yeah. we know come further something like that season? 
Yeah, we finished, I think, Hearts finished second, we finished Aye. third. That was the year we got to the last 16 of the Champions League. Correct. That, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Ian, I always remember you, you played your part in Helicopter Sunday. That's right, yeah. I always that remember because was... we had signed you in the pre-contract at Renovo. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember Novo cut the shot. It took a deflection off you and went in, didn't it? Well, that's what people think. But if you watch it back, it actually hit Gary Caldwell. Oh, is it? I always thought it was uh, you. That's a surprise, nah. Gary Caldwell, yeah. putting an OG in. <laughs> <laughs> it always hit Gary Caldwell. Uh, it hit him. Because uh, always because I've always said we signed Ian Murray in a pre contract and he done his part in the helicopter Sunday right. for us as well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's, yeah, no, I, I wish I could wake quaint with that, but it wasn't me. Did you get a bit of abuse in the dressing room after that when we were all celebrating? Nah, nah, nah. We, we, the funny thing was, we couldn't lose by too many goals that day. I think if we lost by two and Hearts won by two, we got knocked out of the European place. Ah, yeah, so, right. No, sorry, Aberdeen won by two, but they were playing Hearts, so we were thinking Hearts won't be doing us any favours, so we had to keep it tight. So we knew Aye. if we tried, that's why the last 10 minutes were just walking about, because we, were, we knew what the situation we were in and Rangers were happy, so... It turned right. into a bit of just a kickabout, right. about, really, to be honest. So, see, after um, kind of McLeish had left and you were still there, you you did play under Le Guin a wee bit, but didn't you, to begin with, at the start of the season? Yeah, well, uh, what happened, Le Guin came in and was quite happy. Um, you know, he said to me, he wanted me to stay, which is what you want to hear. And I took, I went, we went pre-season two to South Africa. I mm-hmm. came back and didn't feel well. I took a, <laughs> believe it or not, I took a virus of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was out for five months. And then um, uh, I was coming back as the sort of stuff was happening. Like Gwen was falling out with people, and there was a lot of pressure on him, and they weren't doing too well. So I actually only played one game. It was his last game at Motherwell, um, where ironically the day he dropped Barry Ferguson and stuff. And Boyd like that. done the six when he scored yeah, the goal. Scored the penalty. Up. Yeah. Um, and then he was away. He was away after that, but but he was actually. He was actually quite good. He was just mm-hmm. probably at the wrong club at the wrong at the wrong time. Who was it? Was it was it Peter Grant that took you to Norwich? Yeah, Peter uh, took me to Norwich, and Jim Duffy was assistant actually as well. Um, with exactly, they're good. Uh, it was good. I mean, it was a, again a club that had just been relegated from the Premier League in the Championship, so budgets had been cut a little bit. Um, we had a few Scottish players. We had Mark Fotheringham, who was down there, mm-hmm. uh, David Marshall. Uh, was a goalkeeper Simon Lappin um, myself eventually and then we actually signed I think John Hartson came down eventually Chris Martin was actually in the youth team um, at Norwich at the time and I, I told Hibs to sign him actually for 50 grand and didn't do it <laughs> um, and then obviously Peter we, we were, made a poor start to the season Peter got sacked um, Jim Duffy took the team three or four games and then eventually Glenn Wooder came in as a, as a permanent manager after that that must have been some boys having Jim Duffy and Peter Grant in the dressing room, but two <laughs> characters, man. I mean, I think the English lads, you know, especially down in Norwich, are slightly more conservative down there and a bit more quiet. I think when, you know, if you had Jim, Peter, and, and the rest of the Scottish players, when we start speaking really quickly to each other in our dialogue, then <laughs> I think you some a few times they were telling us to calm down, but that's just the way we spoke. We you know it was fine. Um, but it was good. That was, I mean, it, I was only there six months, but it was it was a good experience. How did you go on with Glenn Roder? 
Uh, not too good. No, just, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably the first manager in my, in my career actually, who um, for whatever reason just just didn't like me, um, which was fine. And if someone doesn't like you, you tend not to like them too much as well. So, you know, it, it was kind of mutual um, dislike there. And the only good thing was that is, um, I was only there about three months of him, maybe three months, and I was back up the road, so it wasn't too long. And, um, you know, eventually he got found out a little bit and he was away as well. What was the, did they just not pick you for games? Did you just not, did you just not really talk much or was there just no communication at all? I think, I think the communication was, was a bit strange. You know, I don't think a lot of the players took that, to, to be <clears> honest. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, he came in and just kind of, um, you know, I wouldn't say put a sledgehammer through the, through the place, but he'd, he'd done it verbally to everybody. So you kind of lose a little bit of players' respect, you know, in the first right. day, second day. And if you start to leave out bigger names as well, you know, which can happen, then it, then it causes problems. You have to have good good young players to come straight in and play. And I don't think Norwich had that um, at the time. I think, I think to be honest, looking back, the club were kind of in a little bit of disarray when you, when you look at the appointments of, of their managers. He looks like it looks as if he's got a kind of face you'd want to slap, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's oh, he comes out with some crack. He's came out with some crackers anyway. Was he was he not quite close to getting the England job at one point, Glenn Roder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his 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 tactics and stuff are, are pretty good. Um, it's just his delivery of his tactics aren't, aren't the best. And in my opinion, you know, there'll be people who rave about him and you know claim he's created them as players. So he's obviously very intelligent um, in football, and he's done well at West Ham. Um, so yeah, I think for a while he was very highly thought of, and he was close to to get one of those jobs. But I'm not sure where he is now. I think last I heard he was maybe at Stevenage as director of football. So I don't suppose I'll be getting a job there soon. <laughs> have you? Have you? Uh, asked, asked actually Barry Ferguson, right? Um, and I, I threw a wee curveball into him. But with regards to like some of the managers that you've not enjoyed working under, have you taken any of their their teachings or any of their mannerisms or anything and, and put it towards your own uh, management style? Um, no, I think you take more um, stuff from the playing, you know, the playing field or from managers. There's, there's sometimes managers and they're by their own admission or put on a session it's just terrible you know, and it st- still goes on now because you just don't know how it's going to go. The players might not turn up and the weather could affect it, you know, your size of your pitch, numbers, all that sort of stuff. So you try and take stuff from that. I think what you try and take <clears throat> out with the pitch side of it is probably seeing what you've not liked from managers and saying to yourself not to use that rather than you're going to use it. Um, mm. how, you, how you address certain situations. Um, I think game day is slightly different. People will say, this is how you should react, this is how what you should say. We're like the supporters when we're on the touchline. It's in an instant. It's a flash. You know, we sometimes we can't remember what we've said 30 seconds before because we're straight back onto something else. So sometimes, um, you know, managers will get a wee bit, I wouldn't say slaughtered, but people will say they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that. But in the heat of the moment, in the height of the game, you know, these things happen. Aye, I know, but you don't want to end up in a situation like Alan Pardew where you're sticking your head in the fucking ball, boy, you know what I mean? I'll tell you, we had an instant last, uh, in the league last last season it was, we were playing East Fife and our guy went to take a throw in and I don't know why, but Darren Young stuck his leg out and tripped him up. 
<laughs> <laughs> and it was just out of nowhere. And it was, and he actually just turned and went, I don't know what I've done. <laughs> because he didn't mean it in any malice. Or he, he just done it in the heat of the moment to try to stop the phone. And, <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's bonkers, honestly. It's, bonkers. it's funny because I've just taken that in the Google. Say, Shocking moment, football attacks young ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Oh my Christ Yeah, I was dying to get back up the road, to be honest. Um I was very fortunate again because obviously Mitchell Pat Lyon was getting the Hibs job. Uh, Hibs with John Collins had just left and um I was told Hibs wanted me, but that time they didn't have a manager and, and they wouldn't tell me who it was. So I was like, right. So it was very hard to sign for someone without knowing who the manager is. Um but I, I kind of So I got there and it was um a mixer, uh, which was brilliant, and then I, I came up the road on Thursday night, trained on the Friday morning and played against Hearts on the Saturday morning. So it just, I hadn't played for about three months either, so I was just chucked back in. What a way to come back though, eh? Edinburgh Derby. Ah, it was perfect. Perfect game because it gave me a chance. You know, my first game as well back from Rangers. You know, the Sims fans don't care about the Norwich part, they just care about the Rangers part. <laughs> my first game back, which gave me a wee chance to try and win some of them over. Which we actually right, lost 1-0. A couple of two-footers, mate. A couple of two-footers, that'll yeah. sort you right out. They'll be back on side, no bother. Exactly, that was the plan. <laughs> How did you get into management? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was actually in the States. You were in a state? I was, I was in an earlier state. I was in the States coaching kids. And um, Dumbarton, I went on BBC News or something, BBC Football and Dumbarton looking for a manager, so I applied. And, uh, awesome. got... I need to cut you off. That's interesting. How do you apply to be a football manager? What do you do, no, do you... What do you do? Do you, do you I want to be a manager? I'm in yeah. America. Because I, I done it because I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I, I'll be honest, I've done it out of pure boredom. I went in, I thought, I'll just apply, see what, what happens, see where, it, see where I am in terms of these sort of things. Because they were in the championship at the time, so I didn't really expect anything at all. So I got a call back saying, look, can you, can you come back for an interview? And I said, oh, I'm delighted to get an interview. So I never thought I'd get a reply. Um, and... Um, I said, but I'm sorry, I can't because my family were flying out for three weeks um, to America, to, to Florida. So, well, didn't Skype, no? Um, they, they did suggest that, but I always think in Skype, if you're doing these things, you're at a massive disadvantage. Uh, you make an impression, didn't you? A massive disadvantage. So I'd say thanks very much. I think you're doing well as a guest. <laughs> uh, it's, this is heartless. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's uh, so I said, look, thanks very much, blah blah blah. That's the end of it. And I got a call about ten days later saying you're still interested. And I said, of course, but you know my situation. Um, and I said I'm back on Tuesday. And they said, can you come in on Tuesday? Then I said, no, it's it's too late. I can come Wednesday. So I went Wednesday night for the interview, which was um, very casual, shall we say. And I was offered a job about an hour later, and that was it. I was I was suddenly I'd went from leaving Hibs without a club. And I was actually moving house that Saturday um, to having a game, so you know things changed within an instant. And then you just need, then you need to come up with like, see how in that letter do you, do you write who you would have as your assistant, or do you, you just need to make that up? Like, do you what happens? Do you go on the phone to your mate and go, how does that work? Uh, it would be like a cover letter you'd send. Normally, a contact address. It'd be 
um, your tax, your CV, just like any other job, really. And then Aye. you sit and wait. You sit and wait, and then you might get a call saying you've been invited for an interview. And that at that stage, you would have to have a plan in your head of what you would possibly like to do. Um, then you probably go. For, normally, you'd go for the interview. Um, you would know kind of early if you had a chance or not. Um, it's, when I look back on that one, I must have been the only candidate because uh, I got off the job within, um, you know, as I say, an hour. So, um, but at that time, I didn't. I was so green. I, I, I had no idea. Of course, they must have wanted me because of what made so quick to, to speak to them. Um, so uh, that's how the Dumbarton one certainly panned out. Who, where did you go after that? Was it St Mirren? Went went to St Mirren. Uh, it's a big move for you, mate. Yeah, yes. they'd just been relegated as well from the Premier League. Very again, this is when it looks very simple for people. St Mirren was a good opportunity for me. I felt I'd run my time at Dumbarton. I think they probably had their time with me as well. So it kind of went was at the right time. <clears throat> St Mirren obviously had been relegated from Premier League. Had quite a lot of managers. I think everybody was surprised the year before when Danny Lennon left. Um, and, and Tommy Craig took his position um, and then obviously Tommy Craig left and Gary Teal took the position um, who was already the assistant with Jim Goodwin uh, at the time so when that season was finished and we relegated I went in but I still had they still had Gary Teal still had a playing contract Jim Goodwin still had a playing contract so there was a lot of, there was a lot of tidying up to be done at the club and to do that and try and you know, stabilise it in the championship with the resources was very difficult I always wonder, like like Gredo said there, see if you if you talk about the, your assistant, how did you decide like who your assistant was going to be, and and obviously when you leave a club, you find that a lot of the assistants follow on with the managers. Is it is is your assistants in anything like thought about? Obviously, your assistant is uh, Colin Cameron, am I right? Yeah, Colin's right. Colin's assistant at the moment. So, I've had quite a lot of assistants. Alec Miller was one of them, as I know. Alec Miller that, I had that must have been before. a bit weird man you being in your 30s and then Alec Miller with all that experience and being your assistant assistant that's a bit of a kind of funny combo isn't it, it I, but think, about, yeah, think about all of the the experience that Alec Miller would have been able to 100% like, store on him man Aye, and man. he was down at Liverpool with Hulley and all that that's right what, what, a, yeah, what a career Alec Miller's had great guy diff- different dynamics with you know different uh, people my first assistant was Jack Ross at Dumbarton and he's he oh, yeah. moved on to Hearts. Um, my second one was Mark uh, Gay and Buzlon, who's now at Hamilton. My, th- my third one was Mark Spalding, who's now at Rangers. Um, and then I went into went to your joint. It was Mark Fitzpatrick, and he'd been there quite a while. But we just felt at the time we needed someone full time. Um, and Colin Cameron. The, the, the bottom line, the reason I'm Colin Cameron is because he's um, he's been a manager in Championship. League One, he's won League One with Keegan Cowden Beef. Um, he's been a manager in, in League Two with Berwick Rangers. Um, he's got you know a vast amount of playing experience as well. So he, t- he ticked a lot of our boxes when we were looking. <clears throat> and since he's came in, it's got it's gone quite well. So what happens when it's an Edinburgh derby? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> well, do you know what? That's funny. It's funny you say it because. Um, Let's take the last one for example. We didn't really talk about it, and we were we were glued to our phones watching um, who was who was playing that night, Clyde Montrose, because we were dying for a Clyde win or or just a Montrose not to win because he jumped above us in the league. So 
as much as we'll have a little bit of a laugh and joke about you know, the Edinburgh Derby in particular, you kind of lose focus on every other team. You, you don't really, unless it's directly affecting you, you kind of lose what they're doing. And, and I, I was surprised as anybody who Hearts beat Hibs 3-1 in sure. the last derby. What you what you try to say, you know, you try to say that Hearts are that shite they know that you don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I hate to, I, and I've said to people I wouldn't do it, but I've seen them, I watched them three times because we played them in the Cup and they obviously beat us 5-0. I watched the three games before they played us and and thought they were in big, big trouble. Big, big trouble. That's a problem with Hearts fans. They get a wee bit too excited too early. I think they'd love to play So how far is it, how how far can you take Airdrie Janky? Promotions? Um yeah, we need to go out at League One. We need to go out at League One. Um it was probably you know, next year was probably our big, big year. This was our sort of. We changed from a part time to a hybrid full time in the summer, so it was right. difficult. You know, a lot of difficult difficulties going on there. So next year was our real push, and we're in actually a good position. Uh, we've signed up seven players, sorry, nine players for next season already. So we're actually a wee bit ahead of the game, um, on on that side of it. But we certainly won't be pushing. And as I said, if, if league reconstruction, which is getting banded about, comes into play, then. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll benefit from that as well. So, what do you, what do you reckon? Do you think that's the way it's going to go with all of this nonsense that's going on? I don't know. I mean, I think it's very difficult. There's so many. Again, black and white. It looks it looks all right and normal. But when you look at the, um, the whole thing, if you stop the league now, for example, and you give Celtic the league, Rangers are going to go absolutely tonto. If you relegate, if you, if you give Celtic the league, you have to relegate Hearts, unless yep. you reconstruct, unless you reconstruct the league. Now, the, the league reconstruction can only benefit clubs. So, if, if again, the, like you say, the problem we're going to have if we put two up from the Championship at the moment it would be Dundee United and uh, Inverness. You've immediately got Dundee from Fermanagh saying, "Well, well, wait a minute, we can still finish second. With eight games to go." So there's so many grey areas. Um, the only way I think they could get round it is if they reconstruct the league and then that three up, three down has to be for longer than a year because your teams like Dundee, Dunfermline are not going to vote for it if it's not. So, you know, it's just you need to get the votes. It's all about the votes. And if you don't give Celtic the title, they could vote any way they want, mm-hmm. and they're a big hitter. And if you give Celtic the title, Rangers will vote a different way. And they're mm-hmm. a big hitter. So we've got a really, really hard situation. Uh, and I don't know the way around it, but I, I think... Nah. I think that, you know, so you, unique, got, mate. You just... I, think, I think FIFA have got to make the call here across all of the I, competitions. I, I, I think FIFA will try and get the league finished, but that could be well in I mean, that'll be, that could be October honestly you just have no idea mate You'd, I mean like this with this virus the next week could be so crucial the next month you just don't know it's like nobody knows what's running about the corner with this shit so it's just there's that many anomalies you don't know where to start man well Ian every week on Football Daft uh, we like to put our guests under a wee test a wee quiz their football knowledge in, in a 90 second time limit are you up for it? <laughs> Go, go for it. it. Could be absolutely horrific, though. Well, you've got some. Let me see you. The other people that have that have done it. Barry Ferguson. He's in the leaderboard with twelve. He got twelve right. 
Bottom is, is twelve. Uh, bottom of the league is David McCracken. He's got one for Falkirk. Uh, Alan Archibald done no bad. He done he done eleven. Lee Miller, Jordan Young, Bo Malcolm are on six. Surely you can beat six, mate. Depends how hard they are. You want to go for it? <laughs> go for it. John, can you put the timer on the clock, please? Now remember, you can't pass. You must no give an answer. And your time starts now. Who plays at Glebe Park? You can say. Which SBFL club currently doesn't have a sponsor on their strip? Partick Thistle. Which English team are nicknamed the Terriers? That's the Terriers. Barnsley. Which Scottish club has a fish on its badge? Uh, <laughs> Who did John McGinn join Aston Villa from? Ibs. Dick Campbell currently manages which club? Uh, bro. In what year did Rangers sign Mo Johnson? It'll be 92-1. Who did you make your Scotland debut against? Canada. Name the two animals on the Airdrie badge. <laughs> no idea. Um, cat, cat and a dog. <laughs> did James score an international hat trick against? Who's that, sorry? What country did James Forrest score an international hat trick against? Cyprus. Who is the main scorer in the SPL? Let's get that. Eduardo. What? Who did you score your first Hib school against? Dunfermline. Who was the last Scottish to ma- who was the last Scot to manage Man United? David Moyes. Time. I don't think I think there was a wee break up there when you were asking the question about did you think it was the current top scorer on the SPL? Ian. Uh, but I've got no clue who it is. I can't. Yeah. Uh, you, got, you got it right. All time. All time. Oh, oh, we'll, oh get, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. We'll give him the point for that. Right, he's a point. Take the point. Take. Right, is the scores in? Yep, yeah, we've got the scores in. Do you want me to go through? Want me to go through? Ah, right. uh, which English team are named nicknamed the Terriers? It's Huddersfield. It's uh, Motherwell, who don't have a sponsor on their strip. Scottish club with a fish on the badge. It's Peter Heed. Uh, you got John Ginn going to Aston Villa from Hibs. Dick Campbell. Yep. Uh, made Scotland debuts Canada. I can't believe you didn't get this one, Ian. Two animals in the Airdrie badge. There's a lion and a chicken on the Airdrie badge. Nobody got that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know why. I need to find out why you're there. I mean, how does that go? With, how does that go with a diamond? I don't understand that. I don't know. <laughs> James Forrest got his uh, international hat trick against Israel. Uh, we gave you the Chris Boy. So you actually end up with a score of seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's that. Not that. too bad happy, at all. I like, I, like your, I did like your answer, but I can't I dug. Actually, I know why it's got a tiger and a chicken on the badge. Where you go? Because a tiger is the diamond of the jungle and a chicken is the diamond of the farm. <laughs> Honestly, mate, oh. that's mental how you know this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I made it up. I made it up. It sounds plausible. Oh, I did yeah, I believe you. Well, it was good. That was a really good. I, 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 I
Ian, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Is there anything you would like to say to your uh, thousands of fans out there? Thousands of fans. Um, I wish I wish there was thousands of them. Um, no, no, really not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, any last thing do you want to wish any aye mate aye that's what I'm going to say all the best to Airdrie aye mate I don't think we'll be seeing you any more time anytime soon <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe one day we might see you in a dog out at Easter Road pal ah well you never know you never know aye thank you thank you very much guys thank you Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. Guys, I want to talk to you about viral kindness. In this time, we want to help vulnerable people in self-isolation, and you can do that by heading to viralkindness.scot. Now, Viral Kindness Scotland was set up to help vulnerable people across Scotland, but they're needing more volunteers. They're helping vulnerable people with day-to-day tasks. It could be picking up their shopping, posting their mail, picking up urgent goods, or just being at the end of the phone for them to help. So help vulnerable people in your community. And if you can someday, or you're vulnerable yourself, call 0800 054 2282. That's 0800 054 2282. And ask for help. Or head to the website, viralkindness.scot. Because Scotland will stand, Scotland will survive together. Well, Troops, I thoroughly enjoyed talking with you this week because, quite frankly, I've had... <laughs> and we've not really... We've not lived our life the way we should this week. It's been a wee bit different for everybody. Um, Tool in particular, I've been thinking about you, mate, obviously because of your mom and whatever, but it's good that we've been talking with each other. We need to stick together. Practically, no, we can't stick together because we can't go out and leave the house, but keep in contact with, with yeah. folk. Keep talking. Um, it's keep a scudder I've done uh, my first FaceTime with my mate, did I? First, my first ever FaceTime with Fucking hate FaceTime, too. And it was anyway, it was because uh, we're obviously WrestleMania's coming up and none of us can watch it together, so we're going to do something like this. See, like a Skype call, we're going to do Aye. something like that. And even just talking to him for like, we were talking for 20 minutes or something and I feel sure. as if I, I hadn't seen him for ages, but it was, we had loads of stuff to catch up on and that. It was brilliant. Mate, that's, mate, that's so funny you say that because I was having my nerves about the fire brigade and I phoned one of my pals that I've not spoken to in a wee while, man. And um, as soon as I came off the phone, man, I felt great. I mean, everybody's worried about their parents and all that, they kind of get to visit them and all that. I just want to say everybody, keep smiling troops, man. Let's just stick together, everybody. We'll get through it. That's all I can say. Keep smiling. That's it, that's it, man. Just keep smiling. We will. We'll get through this and it'll make us appreciate life more when we do get well, through this. Definitely will. That's what I was saying to my mate. She wants to wear his passes. There'll not be a, no a theatre show that's no full. There'll not be a restaurant mm-hmm. that's no packed out. You know what I mean? I think it, once this comes out, I think you could see a shift in, in uh, the whole fucking community everywhere. Uh, I know that sounds a bit, a bit extreme, oh. but it's literally a worldwide thing that's happening here, man. Do you know what I mean? It's because you take your freedom for granted. You do. That's what it is. Because, you, you know... Now we've got that, but when we get it back, I think, like I said a minute ago, everybody will appreciate your freedom and your day-to-day things you take for granted. 
Oh, you'll, not be able to, you'll not be able to get near Tinto Hill for folk wanting to fucking walk up mountains now. <laughs> but that, that, that first day when we're, when we're out of the house, man, I hope it's a day where the sun's shining, taps off, we can all go walk with dogs, you know, high-five each other and, you know, make sure that we've managed to get through it safely. But, you know, there's going to be a couple of folk that's going to be affected by it and there's going to be folk listening to the show that are affected by it. But, as I say... I do think we can commit this other end stronger and better as a community. We can. By the way, I think you should. I've never really done it. But you know what? You might play your part, man. Come on. Just, you know, let's just, let's, 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 let's being cheeky bastards to folk. Aye. I think even doing this, people kind of go to the house. I still try to keep the podcast going. That can put a smile on people's faces just sitting listening to this. Definitely, mate. He's got Skype now, man. Do you know what I mean? We can all talk away in Skype. We're pals. Have a big WhatsApp group. You know, my brother had a WhatsApp group quiz with everybody that, that he goes to Turkey with every year. He basically did a quiz on Sunday night with everybody, like, fastest to reply. Like, you know, everybody couldn't use Google, but he's still done it and, like, asked a few kind of questions. I thought, Joe, that's well done, mate, man. That's actually quite quite, quite cool. So, MD that's got a bunch of pals out there, he's, you should do stuff like that, man. Just keep, keep in touch with one, with one another. Make the best of it. Make the best of it. I mean, I don't like repeating Piers Morgan because he gets too much controversy surrounding him, but he did have a point on Good Morning Britain. You know, we have been told to just stay in the house and sit with our horns and mm-hmm. just do it. And my mate said he saw, he saw a hang on all, man, like, our like, grandparents or grandfathers get asked to go to war. We're getting asked to sit in our arse for a few months. That's it. We can do it. We can do it. Just do it. Just do it. And we'll be all right. Sponsored by Nike now, eh? The Scottish version, just there. I'm an Adidas man myself. I bet you are. I can't wait till we get fucking Gola. <laughs> Sergio Tashini. <laughs> we'll be getting Adidas 2 stripe. <laughs> get the barrage. <laughs> Thanks very much, man. Take care, Tom. Take care, John. Take care, Bob. And football, that first. Take care. God bless you. Audio Frontier.